Hello, everybody, and welcome to What's the Story podcast, WTS 260. My name is Danny Murray. I'm Graham Merrigan. Graham Merrow Merrigan, how are you, my friend? Are you keeping well? Yeah, I'm very good. Are you? I am, yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, recording here on a lovely sunny day for once. Yeah, and uh, I went out the back earlier on, and the council were cutting the grass. Oh, wow. Yeah, there was a nice smell of cut grass for the first time. That's the first, for, we're recording this first of March. Look at that, the first meteor, meteorological day of spring, and the council are on it. That's yeah. what you love to see. Love yeah, the lads. love to see it, love to see it. Um, the world's gone mad since last time we spoke here. Uh, just a bit. Just a bit. Yeah, yeah, like I remember we, we had a chat a couple of weeks ago and I was like, no, nothing will happen. Nobody wants to go over that cliff edge. The, the, yeah. You know, and how wrong was I, Graham Merrigan? There was a lot of people that were wrong. There's a lot of people that we know that are based in Russia that were wrong. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, there was a lot of people, you know, so what does that mean? Like, does that mean that Putin is just completely unpredictable? Is, is, is he gone mad? He's 69 now, so it's not as if he's ancient. Um, but yeah, like, what what does it mean? Like, um, you know, it's look, it's it's a terrible, terrible, terrible thing that he's done by sending uh, armed forces into another country and invading the way that he did. Uh, all we can do is hope that there's a peaceful outcome and yeah. that it doesn't it doesn't go on much longer because it's uh, like some it of the stuff like that. That is at the moment. We can only hold out hope, I suppose. Um, but it's it's an atrocity. Like it's absolutely it's vile, it's wrong. Um look, there's a million and one ways you can say it, but at the end of the day, it very much so seems to be uh Vladimir Putin and possibly a small number of people around Vladimir Putin who are telling him what he wants to hear to go ahead and do it. But I I, I don't believe it's well supported anywhere in Russia or in the world for that matter. And in Russia, do you believe that? Yeah, yeah. Like the, uh, uh, yeah. Look, we we will we'll, maybe we'll get somebody on to talk about it properly because like yeah, I don't yeah. know enough about it, and you don't know enough about it. But like, I mean, if you're seeing things on social media, like Russian influencers and whatever, yeah, like there's been all sorts of social media bans and all sorts of things in Russia to try and manipulate what people can see and hear and all that kind of stuff. But like, social media influencers who are based outside of Russia are kind of, you know, putting stuff on Twitter and putting stuff on. There's a Russian version of Facebook, which I can't remember the name of it. And they're doing it. Another thing I saw happening during the week was people logging on to, you know, like TripAdvisor and places like that. Yeah. And they go to like a restaurant in Moscow or a restaurant and whatever. And in the review, their review is telling the people of Russia what is actually happening. No because way. For, for a lot of people, all they're getting is kind of state-run media. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, and look, sporting bodies around the world have came out and they've all, you know, like the, the sanctions are all there to see, like, you know, uh, FIFA and UEFA are probably a little bit slow to do what they need to do, but they've pulled it, uh, you know, the FA, the IFA, I don't know how many football associations, pretty much all of them have said they won't play any Russian teams. Uh, Formula One have pulled the Grand Prix. Uh, Haas, the Formula One team, got rid of their Russian sponsor. Schalke have got rid of Gazprom as their sponsor. So, like, yeah. even Switzerland, the most neutral country in the world, has put sanctions on Russia. So, I mean, yeah. What's that What's that Chinese proverb? May you live in interesting times? That that tells uh, its own story with Switzerland, doesn't it? 
It does indeed, man. It does indeed. But uh, yeah, look, maybe we'll get somebody on who is well more versed and well more educated in all these things. Um, but as far as right now, yeah, look, let's just hope things don't escalate any further. Um, but onto something completely different, Graham. Onto something yeah. completely different and more fun and whatnot. Uh, I, I covered this a little bit in the intro, but uh, I I have been I've gone down the rabbit hole of uh, esports over the last little while. I've been saying for months we're going to get somebody on the podcast to talk about it. Yeah. So we did. Um, our our reach has possibly exceeded our grasp here yeah. because we've only gone and landed a Ferrari employee. That's right. And go on. Who is he? Let's let's just get into it. Okay. Mero, for the last while, I have been driving you mad, pun intended, about. Uh, same racing esports and the world of F1 esports particularly. Yes. And before Christmas, I was texting you saying you're in the Irish league, aren't you? I'm. Oh yeah, yeah. Shameless plug. I'm in a uh, league of Ireland F1 at uh, YouTube and social media. Lads, check them out. It's great crack. But uh, I, I was texting you and I was like, Meryl, turn on Sky Sports. This is what I've been talking about. And it was the the finale of the esports season. Yeah. And I've been saying to you for ages, we're going to get someone on the podcast to talk about this. <laughs> And now we've finally done it. And I'm yes. delighted to say we've a two-time F1 Esports champion joining us, Ferrari Driver Academy, none other than Brendan Lee. Brendan! Hey, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, man. Thank, <laughs> thank you. you this, is, uh, this is exciting for me because I, I've gone down the Esports rabbit hole uh, and I'm loving F1 Esports and everything else. And it kind of happened during the pandemic when kind of F1 was in that little bit of a kind of no racing happening but some of the drivers were doing the online races. And I was like, oh, what is this? And from there, it's, it's, it's ballooned for me, and I'm loving it. I've joined that league in Ireland as well. I'm not very good. I know, you're the next world champion. I can see I mean, it. I'm being modest. I'm, being, I'm still driving with assists on. But, uh, you know, I'll get there. I'll get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I feel threatened. I'm nervous. <laughs> but uh, you, you are a two-time F1 esports champion, and you're now... You're with Ferrari, which when people think of F1, they instantly think of Ferrari. Like, so t- tell us a little bit about how you started in esports and then we'll build from there. Well, I mean, I think it needs to go down to very core of my childhood. I started off doing motocross as a kid. I ran out of budget for that. But really, at the start, I was doing motocross and playing a game called MX vs. ATV. Um, well, it was fantastic. One of the best memories I've ever had gaming was on that because i was a little kid come home from school just drive 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 or ride the bike or virtual anyway um became a fan of formula one in around 2007 2008 and then i saw every year uh, the current producer of the game code masters were making the official formula one game from 2010 on the consoles of xbox playstation and pc and then from then every single year i've had the game on the release day and i've been playing oh, Every year, I've got to be at least over 800 hours on the game. Yeah, that's a serious amount of game time. And this yeah. is, like, it's, what's brilliant about this is I remember when I was in school and teachers would always say, you'll never make a career out of PlayStation. You'll never make a career out of your <laughs> Xbox, lads. You need, you need, but but here, here's a gang of lads now, and this has grown and grown and grown every year who are defying uh, those words now. So what... When did you kind of realize or when did you get into kind of like the online piece and, and sort of say, this is competitive, I'm, in, I'm into this? Yeah, so I, I was playing the game, I've always been playing the game for fun, but um, in 2014 was really when I discovered the fact that 
as you talk about league racing and that was the top standard the top level that you could do and often you had leagues um such as aor or whatever or arl i think it was called back in those days um that would host a race on sunday night 8 p.m uk time and you train in the week and then uh, you'd race on the sunday night and i think it was very similar when i look back to sort of go-karting or lower formulas in real life um where you're just it's not that you're just driving for fun because you want to push yourself to be better but ultimately there wasn't any prize money you were just turning up with some friends and trying to beat each other for one sunday night and practicing with each other during the week it was fantastic time really yeah yeah and now it's so we're we're jumping forward then so 2017 your first driver's championship so how how did it start to become a little bit more than you're just racing against kind of mates on a sunday and practicing during the week well Honestly, it was such a bizarre situation for me because um, at this time I was training as a chef. That's what I was doing. And if I wasn't racing esports, that's probably what I'd be doing still. Um, So I was working as a chef um, in this hotel. And I said to myself, going into the semi final, I qualified for the semi final, got there. And I said to myself, all right, if this semi final goes well, I'm going to quit my job and put all my chips into the final see what happens i because i don't ever believe in life you should half ask anything you should either commit or don't commit you commit you believe in yourself go for it and i believed in myself so went to the semi-final put it on pole out 40 people then like fifty-five thousand people signed up uh i said okay this this might be a thing now okay let's let's try it so next day uh phoned up my boss and said okay, I quit. (laughs) Uh, He was a little bit surprised, but really supportive of him. And I have to give him a massive thank you because at this time, I've never been outside the country. uh, So I didn't even have a passport. And I don't know how it works in other countries, but you have to have like an employer or someone to sign off the passport, don't you? Uh, To say you are who you are. And he actually signed off my passport to allow me to quit my job (laughs) and go racing. But then, um, so effectively, that's how it all kicked off so I quit my job after the semi-final put all my chips down to the final and then completely just sent it in (laughs) and that weekend was so crazy for me uh, because you turn up in Abu Dhabi you're in the Formula One paddock already you have to pinch yourself that you're in the Formula One paddock but then you're in the Formula One paddock as a driver you know and if you look at the photos from back then we actually had our own garage it was uh, at the end of the pit lane so in between practice sessions and in between races, we was having drivers such as Fernando Alonso uh, stopping and coming in and watching us. It was a fantastic memory that will live on forever. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. And it's, it, it, it's, it's one thing, because I know there, there were some people listening to this and then like even my partner at home when I'm, when I'm playing F1 on the PlayStation or whatever, and she's just looking at me and she's shaking her head being like, what, what is this? And I'm like, you, you don't understand how big this is getting now. And the fact that kind of Formula One and teams like Ferrari have set up kind of driver academies that's bringing this digital age in. It just shows how quickly this has grown and how serious it's getting. Yeah, and I think that's really the the biggest difference since like 2015, 2016, because back then you've had other forms of uh, esports, whether it would be third, third person games or whatever it might be, but you see like, massive other games with like 40 million prize pool but motorsport esports is still relatively quite new ironically though it's the most true to life esports in the world because if you have fifa you don't see 
Ronaldo or Messi playing with the gamepad to score the goal, do you? Um, if you see other third-person games, you don't see them playing with a gamepad, they're physically running through their field or whatever. Whereas the inputs that we're doing in esports are exactly the same inputs as we're doing uh, in real life. Um, so much so that when I went to the Race of Champions in uh, 2019 Mexico, in the practice laps, I never actually got to race Sebastian Vettel, but in the practice laps, I was just as quick as him in the Race of Champions buggy. Mm. And that's, yeah, and that's and Sebastian Vettel, a four-time yeah, yeah. world champion. It's just like yeah, that that was a cool moment for me. But to summarize, like it's getting bigger and bigger because everyone's seeing the similarities and the impact that esports is having. Um, but especially in the fact that drivers now, you see the Formula One world champion, goes home and trains on his sim. Mm. You know, so it's getting to the point where if you want to be a top level real life driver as well, you have to be training on the simulator to re refine your skills and become the best version of yourself. And that, these simulators, so like, again, and I know people at home probably thinking like it's a PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, whatever, but these simulators are the closest you can get to a Formula 1 cockpit without actually sitting in a Ferrari or a Williams or, or whatever the case is. Yeah, and like you can, I think the magical thing about it is real life motorsport, you need, if you want to send your kid karting, you need to be spending 50, 60, 70 grand a year, if not more, if you want to be with the big teams. And then as soon as you go to F4, you're spending like 200,000, you know, uh, then you go to FIF3, it's like 1.3 million. F F2 is like 2 million or something ridiculous like that. Whereas the beautiful thing about esports is if you want to, you only really have to buy yourself a playstation xbox or pc and a rig around cost is around 1500 2000 still a lot of money on its own but comparing to the real life equivalent it's very little then you can propel yourself with enough practice enough dedication into a situation that you're employed by a formula one team you know it's that i think that's the beautiful thing about it which is which is the position you find yourself in today, and it's absolutely it's amazing, but it's also crazy in a sense. So, like, tell tell us, so what is kind of a day to day existence for you? Then you, you mentioned earlier on doing you know up to eight hundred hours and driving and all that kind of stuff, but you're, you're now a Ferrari employee essentially. You're part of the drivers academy. So, what what does yeah. day to day life look like for you? Well, I think it's better to split it down into two sides of the year because realistically, the same as the real Formula One, there's two sides of the year, the on-season, the off-season. At the moment, we're in a bit of the off-season. So um, in the off-season, we're still training. We're analyzing basically what we could have done better in the previous season. So that may be watching, reviewing the races, seeing what we can do, improving our nutrition, improving our physical self, our fitness, our mental, everything possible to make ourselves a better human being we're doing in the off season um so we still have the schedule but in the on season it can be eight ten hours a day of driving and in that time it won't be just straight driving because that's not a productive way to spend the time that'll be two hours of driving sit down look at some data look at some video reviews and what me and my teammate are doing better or worse compared to each other um and then like i say the whole summary of it is how can we achieve to win the world championship? And then we work backwards from that 
and it's the same in real life you know you see them talk about the debriefs you see them talk about self-improvement yeah you see them talk about break one meter later <laughs> like and this is the detail that we go into so i think that i do a little bit differently i think to other esports drivers some other esports drivers are into the same fitness stuff but i'm really becoming a massive advocate for my own fitness uh for my own health and that includes like in two weeks i'll run a marathon um and i want to really push myself in that physical world as well so what what are the benefits sorry man i'll go on yeah and i was gonna say uh, i was intrigued there when you said nutrition so what 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 nutrition intake do you need kind of in the in this world it changes a little bit person to person of course uh but i find myself when i'm in the season i need to be taking a lot more carbs in uh because i need that energy because although it looks like we're sat down doing very little for eight, 10 hours a day. Really, when we're driving, the intensity is so high that the heart rate can be at 120. Uh, when we're actually in the session and when you have to deliver under pressure, it can be going as high as 180, 190. Um, so we also need to consider that the wheel and pedal set that I have, the, the pedal needs 90 kg of force to hit uh, to get to maximum pressure. Um, and then the wheel is 10 newton meters, uh, what's equivalent to holding like a one or two kg weight uh, straight out with your arms. Um, so it takes a big toll on the body, actually, to be doing it this level of exercise for the legs and for the arms and the mental strain, uh, eight, 10 hours a day. So like I say, I find myself needing more carbohydrates to give my body that energy to, to burn. It's, it's, it's crazy because uh, the comparison like of that when you're describing that it's it's a full-on athlete lifestyle like you're you're living and breathing this kind of like nutrition plan obviously there's going to be you know weight training in there and you're trying to run a marathon yeah. as well which shows endurance and everything else and when you're saying about kind of heart rate during a race you're at a level where i can only imagine it i mean a couple of weeks ago i was in third place and my, my palms are sweating and yeah, I'm in this li- I'm in tier four of this little national league and my palms are sweating as the controller vibrates I'm like don't blow the podium don't blow the podium so like it's I'm, I'm baffled boy and I'm kind of amazed boy the level you guys are operating at um at, like at what point did that switch in your brain at what point did you realize kind of all right this this is something that I have to absolutely push 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 in order to be the best like just before the semi-final in 2017 um because before that like i say it was all sort of leagues with your mate and i was i've always been a competitive person so i always wanted to win but back then it was a bit more a little bit relaxed but as soon as i realized that there's a life-changing opportunity on the cards it was like okay click i have to do everything that i can in 2017 i wasn't really in good shape uh to be honest um but then in 2018 i really worked so hard to get myself into amazing shape and it paid off in the results brilliant brilliant wow. and then the um there's no the, way people at, people at home would 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 have envisaged that situation with nutrition and and strength and you know yeah. the, the 90k pressure that you said you need to, uh, on on the on the pedal like that's just fascinating well i think it's the same it's all about little gains really because you 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 can do the job uh with maybe having 
fast food every day or whatever, but you won't be at your top, top performance. And it goes for every area of life, in my opinion, because I am dedicated to being the best person that I can be. Um, if I was working an office job or any job in the world, making that better nutrition for yourself, having that little bit more organic food or totally organic food, if possible, will make the difference for you in any stretch of life that you're doing. Which yeah, and it's 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 crazy because obviously Ferrari, uh, Italian, you know, it's not just a diet then of absolutely delicious pasta and ice cream twenty four seven, which is probably what I'd be opting for every day. Like you know, <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest, I do eat quite a lot of pasta. I probably have pasta like three, four times a week, uh, just because I like I talked about. I need that carbohydrates to keep on fueling mm. myself. But um, yeah, I mean, the ice cream here is pretty good. <laughs> Um, you mentioned there the off season, on season. That uh, currently it's it's the off season. So the the esports season kicks off kind of later in the year. Um, obviously, this will be your, your second season with Ferrari. What are what are the hopes and ambitions for the year ahead? Win. That's our only target is win. Yeah, and it's uh, like so. <laughs> okay. It's a very simplified response and a very simple answer to a question that I thought to be more too. That's my own fault. But I suppose... <laughs> well, I mean, it. look, we can, we can but, give you all of the detail about it. But if any driver joined onto a podcast, any competitive driver, and said, oh, yeah, like the ambition, whatever, they'd be lying. The no, ambition no, no, is it's, to win. It, it's it's, it's my, my question that was uh, brutal, right? So I'll, I'll put it a different way then. Do you have like target miles on? So do you look at races that are coming up and you're like, all right, this is a track I love or this is a track that I'm strong at. I want this one. Do you, do you have certain little mini milestones in your own head? Um, to a little degree, yes, because you have to realize your weaknesses and your strength. Um, but if you want to be a championship contender and fight for the wins and fight for the championship, the winning the championship is more decided on who finishes second to most times rather than who wins the odd race. Mm. Um, so it depends on what your objective is as a driver. If you want to be a driver who can win or show up and get one or two poles and uh, win a few races, then you put all your practice into one or two tracks. If you want to be a driver that contests for the championship in the best way possible, even if you don't like a track or you know that you're not strong on it, you have to work so hard to make sure that you're at competitive level and pick the battles that are necessary to fight because not on every track can you win, but on every track, maybe you can finish third and that third might just be the difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then uh, in terms of, we'll go a little bit quick fired in, right? So if you had to pick three tracks that you would just drive forever, or that you drive in real life in a, a Ferrari F1 car, what three tracks would you pick? Uh, Nordschleife, Croft in York, and I think Silverstone. Nordschleife, yeah. In a modern F1 car, I can only imagine how terrifying that would be. I would definitely uh, be packing spare it. underpants. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that stuff. I Because uh, I know everyone says that I, like, I love to live life on the limit, but I really do. And... Uh, I can't tell you how many laps in the sim I've done of a Formula One car around Nordschleife. It is just the best. And then you take like uh, the old Ferrari F1 cars or sometimes the road cars as well on the sim around the Nordschleife and you're like, wow, okay. I, I'm only getting 2% of what it was like for them in real life. But even that 2% is mind-blowing. Absolutely, yeah. And then if you had to pick between 
let's say winning a home Grand Prix, your home Grand Prix, or winning that Monza in a Ferrari, which would you pick? Home. Every time. No, I love the Tifosi. I love Monza. I love Italy. But nothing beats home. Because, like, you know, if you win in Monza, maybe you go and take a carbonara after. But if you win, uh, if you win in Silverstone, you go and have a good uh, English full uh, full lunch. You know. Yeah, yeah, and then so the the season ahead then with, with F one everything last season, uh, arguably kind of the the most watched season in in a long long time. A lot of people highly anticipating the release of uh, the Drive for Survive on Netflix later this month. Um, any predictions or would you like to call that and for new regulation, new cars, all that kind of stuff? Any predictions you'd call for the season ahead? Yeah, I mean, of course, it's going to be very difficult. It's going to be a very challenging season, and it's going to be one of those seasons that, until probably Spa or Free Force around the season, you're not really going to know who's going to show up and win. Um, in my personal opinion, there's going to be about four cars that get the car right, and those four cars will fluctuate on who's going to be the fastest on that weekend. But it's going to be absolutely amazing and i personally i really look forward to uh seeing how the drivers adapt to it you know and how they change their race to race combat because previously in previous years the dirty air and the wake of the car has been so bad that you see some drivers really intelligently i think carlos science was one of these really smart driver would actually go off the racing line to get the clean air over the wing and get more grip. Whereas hopefully they won't have to do it now and they'll be following a bit closer, but also the drag of the car won't be as big, what means the slipstream won't pull them as much. So in my opinion, you're going to see a lot more proper wheel-to-wheel overtaking and not just pass on the straight. Mm. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fantastic. It's going to be great. Love it, love it. And then I suppose the last question we'll ask, Dan, for anyone who is kind of they're, they're kind of looking at you know sim racing they're kind of looking to get more involved in it and you know the couple of lads who are probably looking at one of those rigs and saying oh you know 12 1500 quid will i do it what i do it? what advice would you give in terms of how to get more involved and how to climb the ranks well truthfully if you want to do anything in the world you have to commit to it you know you have to commit and whether you want to be the best of that or not only you can decide but if you decide that you want to work a certain job or to be racing you have to look at your core values and say to yourself is that 1200 or whatever uh price of the rig worth it to me and if you say yes and you say that you want to be an f1 esports you want to be a professional driver or professional esports driver commit you know Mm. you it's not always going to be fun you know, there's going to be times where you're going to be pushing yourself so hard. And I remember really uh, when when we're training, you're wanting the championship so badly, you know, and in practice, you can become a bit frustrated. And sometimes you have to push yourself past the hours that you maybe don't necessarily want to do. But that's what champions are made of. You know, you see so many amazing champions around the world, whether it may be basketball, motocross, Formula One. And the champions are the people working on the computer at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. So if you want it and you want it bad enough, commit 110% that you have. Excellent. That's advice for life, that one. Uh, Brennan Lee, thank you so much for your time, man. And uh, wish you and the guys at Ferrari all the best for the season ahead. Uh, Look forward to seeing what you guys can achieve together. Thank you so much.
there you have it. Brendan Lee, two-time esports Formula One world champion, current Ferrari driver, academy uh, driver. Like just it's I a fascinating know. world, isn't it? It's crazy, man. And this is it. This is a, like. Like when I'm trying to explain to people, like it's not just you know pressing X on the PlayStation or R2 on the PlayStation or whatever. You know what I mean? It's, mm. um, it's mad. That the, like the, there's there's a huge amount of sponsorship money in it. There's now a huge amount of TV money in it. You're seeing Sky Sports showing this thing regularly now. Like yeah, you know the nutrition so. side of things kind of uh, blew my mind. In as far mm. as I remember years ago uh, being in New Zealand and going into an internet cafe. Uh, it was 24-7, the, the internet cafe. And we went in and just with the time zones and stuff, I think we went in about two or three in the morning to to go on the internet or something, whatever it was. But there was a whole gaming um, section. Yeah. Was, there was guys up all night playing uh, Warcraft and stuff like that. And the nutrition, all they had was like Skittles and, and fucking... Uh, Red Bull. <laughs> Red Bull and Monster and all, you know? Yeah, so yeah. it was very interesting to hear Brendan speak about the nutrition aspect of of esports which i didn't think really existed to be honest yeah it's it and this one sets a whole world of it like so the the commonwealth games is going to trial having esports in there and the olympics really yeah and the olympics are looking at the introduction of esports into like the actual olympics like so you can win a gold medal for esports yeah yeah oh my god like in in japan they have these like esports gyms where like basically like that kids go and rather than join and say like your local football club or your local whatever you join this and it's like it's a full kitted gym it's a full so they do all that sort of stuff but then they're like coached and they're taught how to play competitively on you know pc xbox playstation whatever it might be like this is bonkers isn't it man i'm telling you we're, we're moving into a world that like you and i are going to look at in about you know 10 years time and we're going to feel old because we're like how are they doing that I'm already there, Dan. Yeah, this is so. It's. I uh, used to keep up with technology all the time and gaming and stuff as a teenager, mm. and you know how to fix the DVD player or the VHS yeah, player yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And then I just went missing for years, and I was like, "Oh no, I can't even sometimes start my laptop for to start work." Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is it, man. But we're living in a world where technology. I used to is enjoy everything. troubleshooting and all that. You know what I mean? Mm. And now well, it's just yeah. like. Yeah, we're, li- we're living in a world now man where technology is everything and uh, it, it, it's running and it's leaping and it's doing everything thinking and developing faster than any of us can keep up with so uh, mm-hmm. yeah but um, if anyone is interested in the whole esports thing lads uh, as I said League of Ireland F1 is where I do my stuff and I have a bit of crack with that and they're on YouTube and all that and you can watch the races and it's like and you it's can mad. listen to your brother John do the commentary <laughs> from time to time, yeah, 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 from time to time. But there's like, there's lads on this one trying to explain. Like, there's lads in Ireland who are up there in terms of pace with some of those guys that are, you know, professional esports drivers. Like, they're, you know, they're top 20 in the world in terms of like their pace around certain tracks and all that kind of thing. It's just, mad. this is crazy. Like, they're playing them all, making a living Absolutely. out of it. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. But sure, look, that's another podcast done for us. Uh, we all have things today. We're recording this at a very unusual time for us. We're not doing this in our usual time slots, so everything's a bit... Your brain is frazzled. Yeah, um, and also it's Pancake Tuesday, so we'll be getting a few pancakes. I hate, hate pancakes. You're an absolute... I didn't want you to bring that up, Brian, but now you've done it. <laughs> and it's completely unnecessary. They're it's disgusting. Not. 
absolute, they're an abomination to cake. The Do you cake. not like the picture of my pancakes I sent you this morning? I, I, I replied to you exactly what I talked around. Vile. There was, there was Nutella, banana. No, what are you doing? Nutella and banana Wal- together. Walnut and vanilla uh, natural yogurt. But the, who, are you dating a girl from Cliney? No. Just sounds like it with that sort of thing. That's It was Dunning. That's that's a very notion filled pancake variety you've got there, Grant. Well I will I give you my unnotioned lunch. Go for it, go on. Yeah, go for it. Ham and cheese toasty on the George Foreman. There you go. See? There <laughs> we go. We're back to normal now. That's it. Would you put a bit of onion through that? <laughs> you put a bit of onion. <laughs> Will you put some onion through it? <laughs> would you though? Uh, sometimes I would, yeah. And to mash up. Tomato. Oh, Jesus, yeah. No, I'm not. I could take or leave the tomato now, but a, a ham and cheese toasty with a with a with a drop of onion in there. I'm can I give him? Um, can I give a good tip? Actually, absolutely. Yeah, go um, on. Toasties. So I don't know if this happens to you, but it, it does happen to me. Um, when you're eating a toasty, sometimes and it does be so hot, mm-hmm. and you take a bite, the whole slice of ham comes out. Yes. Yeah. So I and take them to it. This is what you do. You rip up the ham. <laughs> it's so simple. It's so simple. You rip up the ham and you put it on your sandwich. So therefore, when it's roast and hot and you're taking a bite, only that bite-sized rip comes out. Not the whole slice. Not the whole slice of ham. It's it. My friend, my good friend uh, Robert Cavanagh gave the tip to me and Pathlane months ago. And it's a game changer. And it's also, I like tomato on it. But you know when you slice a round bit of tomato? Yeah. Again, when you're eating a boiling hot toasted sandwich, they have to be eating boiling hot because that's the part. Absolutely, that's it. Yeah, that's you want it to be like experience. lava. Like. Yeah, that's part of the, you want, you want to burn the roof off your gum. Have you even had a toasted sandwich if you haven't burned your mouth? Exactly. But do the same with the tomato. Cut it, chop it up into little bite size. Instead of the circle slice, chop it all up. Therefore, there's nothing born in your chin, or there's nothing. It's 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 a game changer, and you it's, enjoy your toasted sandwich experience even better. It's so simple, but I feel as though you bestowing this knowledge upon me and the people who listen to this podcast, you've done a form of community service here. Absolutely, and and this look, is, people will be thanking me for years. Yeah, I, I know I will. I I wasn't going to have a toasty for lunch. No, there we are. Oh, yeah. I have a bit of soup. I've got a bit of tomato soup, tomato basil soup down there. Yeah. And now I'm going to have a toasty with it. And I'm going to take your recommendation because that is genius. You're welcome. Petal. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Meryl, people want to listen to the 259 plus episodes that preceded this episode of the podcast. Where and how could they do such a thing? They can go to WTSpod.com and you'll find all of our podcasts on that. Um, or you can search WTSpod on any podcast provider anywhere and everywhere you can get a podcast just log in wts pod and you will see our delicious cartoon logo and um, he's at danjo murray on twitter and instagram i'm at merigamania on twitter and instagram and um, it's pancake tuesday shamrock rovers are top of the league and until next time daniel bowls have a game in hand so we'll soon be top of the league one point of head of shamrock rovers clear eyes well hearts can't lose Super Jack Bourne Ali Coo 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 <laughs>